Mrs. Peterson? Can I, um, help you? My name is David. I knew your son. I was with him when he died. One of the things he asked was for me to check on y'all. You and your whole family here. I said I'd do that, and so here I am. Would you like to come inside? Thank you, ma'am. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare. Shockphobia Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Shockphobia Fest, a month-long celebration of All Hallows' Eve's most frightening films and comic spooks. And have we got a spooky film for you today. And I have a guest to talk about the guest with, and I believe this film and my guests share very much the same DNA as the film was inspired by not only the Halloween franchise, The Terminator, but also Drive. And I think this gentleman sums up that perfect kind of cocktail of films uh, in his everyday life, in his personality. And it is, of course, Angry Andy Reviews. He is back, and we're going to be talking about some uh, some interesting, interesting uh, stuff in this film. Uh, a very underrated film, The Guest. That's 2014's The Guest. Not to be confused by 2018's The Guest, a South Korean TV show about demons and police and stuff. Anyway, carrying on. Uh, happy Halloween, Andy, and welcome back to the show. Happy Halloween, you ghoulish man, you. <laughs> I am the ghoul. The ghoul, the ghoul that the walks ghoul. my halls. <laughs> the ghoul of Halloween's past. I'm back. <laughs> ah, yes. With a vengeance. Thank um, you for that bizarre sort of intro. You kind of made me out to be some kind of machine-like serial killer. Um, yeah, nice. I mean, Thank you. I mean, I, that's all I... That's, Always how I picture you, you know, always being, you know, mechanical, you know, ex-soldier as well, ex-soldier stuff. I, I, I genuinely, when I when I saw <laughs> when I saw this film, I genuinely were like, Andy will love this, and I will be heartbroken if if you didn't enjoy this because I I feel I feel that I know you that well that this film 
would be in your wheelhouse. But I understand, I know, I the reason I introduced it to you was, was that, but also because your review of Godzilla versus Kong by the same director, Adam Wingard, uh, yeah. which you were really not a fan of. And I thought nope. may, maybe we should give that director just another shot to win Andy's heart over, um, unless you know he wants to stab him, much like Michael Myers. <laughs> uh, he could, he might want to stab Adam Wingard oh, after this. Smash but... his face in in a lift, just like um, <laughs> just like Ryan Gosling in Drive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that was yeah, a connection yeah. you made as well, wasn't it? So That's I wear, right. I wear a fantastic jacket. I still want to get one of those jackets. I'm a machine, and I stalk the babysitters. Oh, Excellent. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's that, that's what I do to movies. That's the analogy of me doing to movies that I don't like. Every... I wear a fancy jacket, I pursue them like a machine and kill them like babysitters in Halloween. Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I, I think every one of your reviews is like that in some way. You, you, you're going <laughs> you're going after these films relentlessly, and you absolutely will not stop until you've reviewed them and destroyed them if necessary. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Even in my nice short reviews, like oh, yeah, Snake yeah. Eyes, for example, if you watch that one, oh Jesus Christ! Oh, is that is that is that a tease? Well, I guess it's not a tease because it'll probably be out before. Yeah, this. yeah, Almost but it's definitely. a tease for you at time of recording, isn't it? Oh yeah, I, I can't I can't wait. Well, let's uh, let's not only roll the dice on Snake Eyes, let's ah. roll the dice on the guest. So, Andy, why don't you tell us the plot, the rough plot of the guest from 2014? So the plot is is pretty simple, isn't it? Um, uh, an ex soldier turns up at a a family's doorstep, saying that he knows their son who died in conflict. Where exactly it doesn't really say. So he, he claims to be a friend of that that that, that dead soldier, and he basically Caleb, makes Caleb, isn't it? Caleb. Caleb, yeah. He makes friends with um, uh, so like the youngest son, the mother, the begrudging father. Eventually, accepts him. And then the the eldest daughter, and then alongside this sort of buddying up, this sort of like loving sort of um, situation, a string of mysterious murders start popping up around the town, around people connected with this family, and it sort of goes from there and escalates, unlike anything I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much that simple. Yeah, it, it's it's a really kind of it's an A to B plot, you know. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Like, you know, there's no real big twists and turns. You know, this stranger, this handsome, very charming, very charismatic stranger turns up, starts trying to help this family and kind of improve their life, enrich their life. However, there is some kind of dark past, some dark secrets, um, which yeah. is, is is mostly left ambiguous in this film. Yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of it's left ambiguous in the film, but um, it kind of works because you get this, like we said, the mysterious is pretty much the, the buzzword and charismatic as well. And you get this mysterious, very, very charismatic guy in Dan Stevens, the, the actor, and it it plays up to it brilliant, and the ambiguity works alongside that because you you left sort of like in this weird place where you kind of understand what he's doing, you kind of agree with what he's doing in certain circumstances, but then he twists it and it explodes, and you you're left going, oh god, where where is my morality here? Mm. How do I feel? And I think that what that's what the film does really well is you. Like initially, you know, obviously, maybe from trailers or from what you've heard about this film or what you know about it, you know that something isn't quite right. 
However, yeah. every kind of opportunity where he might be found out or he might be, you know, people might suspect him of doing bad things, he manages to turn it around. But also throughout, not only is he kind of winning over this family, you know, person by person, and even when they do have doubts, he's he's got a way to turn it or to flip it. He's actually convincing the audience to like him as well. He's that yeah. it's that charismatic a performance. You're going, yeah, I know, I know you're not great, and you do you do hurt people and you do very bad things. But I still kind of like you. Like yeah. it's like a know. perfect anti-hero film, isn't it? I mean, hmm. anti-hero is banded around quite a lot at the minute in films and, and what have you. This is actually done pretty properly because anti-heroes are still bad guys. They're still bad guys. They still do really horrible things. I don't buy the anti-hero that's, oh, I'm, I'm good, really. I, I, you know, I like it when the anti-hero is a bad guy. I like the Punisher. He's a bad guy. Yeah. You know, he does horrible things. You know, he shouldn't get away with them, but he does. Um, and it's the same in this film, you know. He, he does really, really things things that you kind of go, yeah, that's good. Well done you for yeah. standing up. And then he does things and you go, holy shit, that's a, extremely unnecessary. <laughs> and that's what I really like about this film is that it is that balancing act and you do get flipped from one side to the other as you're watching it. That's what I really like. It challenges you to go beyond what you, what you think is right in this film. Like we, we talked about it just before we came on air. Mm. And basically for me at the start of the film, for the first like 10, 15 minutes, I was like, I've seen this kind of film before. I was a little bit unsure about it. I've seen it before. And then certain things happen and you you click and you go, oh, okay. There's something interesting here. Something extra at play here. And the film's really, really good at giving you those little nuggets of information without giving you too much. Mm. That's what I really like about this film. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think um, I I read somewhere that there was kind of the backstory was explained. I might, yeah. I might I might I might go into that a little bit later, like what the actual backstory. I'll just was. say I'm really glad they got rid of it. <laughs> they got rid because yeah. it's supposed to be a sequence, wasn't there, or something? Yeah, I'm was, really glad they just cut it out. Just got yeah. rid of it because the, the writer initially had an idea before this. Um, before he was kind of approached to write this. And like I said at the start, it was inspired by those films. I think it was after like a double billied watch of Halloween and the Terminator, I think, if I remember rightly. And his original idea was like a soldier that comes home from with uh, with PSD, P, PTSD um, and he goes to a, a soldier that he didn't like's family and convinces them, befriends them, convinces them, tries to enrich their lives and, and make theirs better. Once he's got their trust, he wants to kill them because he was jealous of this happy family this soldier had back home when he didn't have it sort of thing. Um, so elements from that script came into this one. They are two separate scripts, two separate ideas, but I'm kind of glad. I think that might have been problematic a little bit um, yeah. that a P someone with PTSD comes home from war and they are... Yeah, because it, it, kind of, it, it kind of makes it like... It would it say that oh you've got to be careful of everyone that comes back and who's had a really big you know yeah a really negative uh, reaction to you know being wherever they've been whether it be Iraq Afghanistan and we, we see we've seen it very recently yeah. with what's happened in the last sort of month or so yeah you know, with the with the major withdrawal of people come out and say different things about how you know their experience have affected them you know with the withdrawal from Afghanistan and places like that. And it would have sent the wrong message, I think. Great that they sort of did it as though it's somebody, it's a soldier who is injured, hmm. who agrees to these trials, agrees agrees to these 
sort of experiments. We're kind of giving away a little bit what happens, but yeah. it's it's how they've changed, you know, that that idea and to make it fit in a better way. It's almost like his his negative thoughts have been enhanced by these trials rather than it being a reaction to him being, you know, abroad or fighting or whatever. It's literally like, it's almost like the super soldier thing, isn't it? And like the yeah. MCU with, with Tim Roth, with um, Emil Blonsky. So like it enhances those negative things. That's, that's what I got from it. It seems, it seems like that's what's impacted his, his, his yeah. mind frame, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll go into more detail about that. I think towards the end, cause I don't yeah. think it's, it's nice to have that, and I think outside of the film, it's it's nice to know. Yeah, but, it is. Yeah, but I think within the film, apparently they they did show a cut with all that kind of all those scenes in, and the audience didn't like it. And the director and the yeah. writer was like, "Well, that was the studio's idea anyway. They wanted just to explain everything, and they were like, we we, we don't like thought. it. I <laughs> know, oh, right? Studio interference. Let's not trust audiences. Let's just fill them with everything." Yeah, exactly. But it's like it's like Halloween, though. Like I said this on, um, and now the podcast starts, which we did the whole kind of Halloween series. Yeah, yeah. Like we, remember, we, yeah. Said, we said, you know, the more you know about Michael Myers, the less interesting he is. It's the same with everything, isn't it? It's the same yeah. with every, every sort of like supernatural thing, every supernatural sort of um, horror film. I mean, this is, this is a horror film. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a horror film, but it's played out more like a, like a like a thriller, really. There's horrific stuff in it, and the the character is a, ho- a horror villain. Um, but yeah, the more you find out about them, like you could even say the same about the very recent Candyman. You know, it, it takes some of the ambiguity away from it and try and explain it and try and you know fill it with this is the backstory, this is why it happens, this is why it's so important. And you go, well, you kind of just removed everything that's interesting about it and filled it up with something else entirely and it's has no impact it's it's like being afraid of the dark you it's not the dark itself it's what could be in that exactly 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 you, know? you know that's why i wasn't keen on the recent Candyman because they, they remove that they remove the the fear of the guy the, the the candy man himself and say it's it's the other things and you're like well it's the idea of the Candyman, not the reasons around it, that is impactful. It's 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 a fine line to to sort of take and walk with horror films. There's always the danger that you just overstep, and if you overstep even the slightest bit, you fundamentally break it down and it loses impact. It's what happened with sort of like Scream Three. They tried to explain everything, the origins of you know why. Ghostface came about and why all the killing started and you go well you've just undermined Scream 1 well done thank you for that yeah me me and Dennis went to see a, a Wes Craven marathon not so long ago and I you know I came out of like I, I'd never seen Hills Have Eyes it was, it was Hills Have Eyes uh, People People Under the Stairs Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street I hadn't seen Hills Have Eyes and People Under the Stairs People Under the Stairs is very underrated I think you would like yeah. it a lot it's on the list and and scream like that that could have come out yesterday. It's 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 almost timeless for me, and and it still works. It still hits. It's still it's classic. It is a, it's a modern classic. Um, yeah. I guess I guess not really modern anymore, but um, but there you are. But yeah, I I totally agree, and I think I was just you just won over by David. Not only his well yeah. quote unquote quote unquote David. He's more the guest. He's yeah. not actually David, as we find out throughout throughout the film. But I have to say as well, the the cast in this 
considering like the budget and stuff, is really good. Yeah, I, I was surprised by like the, the people that pop up. You've got Leland also, who's just in everything. Whenever he pops up, you go, oh, he's fucking great mm. as the dad. And you've got Lance Reddick. Whenever Lance Reddick's in it, oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. He's got that voice, that mm. wonderful voice. Sort of the special forces task operator, isn't he? Mm. And he's just hunting down come the end of the film. But even sort of like the the mother um, and the eldest daughter and the young son, they're all great. They're all great. They all, they all go through the ordeal in their own different ways and you buy every single part of it. Yeah. You get every single part of it. Like the, the mother's very accepting of, of David yeah. immediately. And then she sort of like wins over um, uh, the dad, Leland, um, you know, over the course of like a, a few minutes. And then, Again, all the kids sort of like go through their own journey of accepting David and then, you know, getting a bit curious about what he is and mm. who he is. And it's the daughter that spearheads everything, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of like unravels this entire mystery. But even then, she's still got kind of like... Doubts, yeah. Yeah, doubts herself, like doubts what she's doing, but she still perseveres and goes, no, it's definitely not right, this. I'm going to take you down. Yeah. And what I like is that is the... The, the son, the young son, um, I can't remember the character's name, um, Luke? Luke? Yeah, Luke it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. He absolutely, He not only does he know how, technically how bad David is and what he's done. He knows everything. He knows everything. and He you figures know, it, it out, he figures out everything. So the, yeah. daughter, the daughter suspects it. And then as soon as the daughter sort of mentions it to Luke, uh, as soon as Anna mentions it to Luke, Luke sort of like comes face to face with, with David, doesn't he, and goes... Mm. So you've you've killed that person, haven't you? And he, David's like, oh, so yeah. you know. But even then, even then, this is why the performance is so good from Dan Stevens as David. Even then, he's able to sort of, you see it in his eyes that David's yeah. like, fucking hell, he knows. Mm. He absolutely knows. And then there's like a little switch where the eye sort of like, you know, there's like a little twinkle mm. and sort of like a wry smile. And uh, David sort of like almost says, well, I don't, and you know, how, how are you sure it's me? It could be somebody else. It could be just all coincidence and really plays up to that. And it's just, it's just that extra, like Dan Stevens' performance is so layered in this film. That's what sells it. It literally does. I mean, I'm probably going on and on about it, but that's what sells it. Yeah. He sells every moment, every, every sort of hurdle he comes up against, he's able to, you know, just about get over it, obviously until towards the end when shit hits the fan, but he's still able to, you know, almost navigate all those hurdles all those little rough rides yeah all, all the little like he's got a way of getting out or getting around every situation yeah and and manipulate like it's not just like oh i'll just it hasn't gone my way so i'll kill someone he he finds way like these kind yeah. of like the the bit in the bar where he's like you know well you know so that these bullies have been uh beating up luke and and dan or sorry david dan stevens david yeah. they're basically the same guy no they're not uh, <laughs> so he finds out he finds out that well he sees like he's got a bruised eye. No one, none of the family seem to mention it. Yeah, yeah. So he goes and obviously like you know it's it's not the best family model. Obviously since Caleb died, like the dad likes to drink. The mum is a, a bit of a mess. Yeah, you know they're broken, aren't they? It's yeah, literally like the repair job, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's it. And he's coming in and he he does enrich their lives. Does make the better. I, I said this before yeah. the recording. That it kind of reminds me of like a, a flash villain, like the reverse flash or zoom, where he's he never really wants to kill Barry, but he wants to kind of improve his life. But then 
also like to make him a better he- hero at one point he's like well you need a loss to drive you to be a greater hero because you couldn't save me and save mm. me from my like because he, he becomes disabled and um and he goes right well i need to kill you and kill your wife and her unborn twins uh to make you a better hero yeah. which is which is almost like the way the fans were like oh the flash doesn't have a dark backstory so he's boring so yeah. almost like a, a comment to that and um and i kind of like that weird twisted dynamic that they're trying to do something good but they have to do something really awful yeah in order to affect that and and it, the same with like reverse flash as well as the two different characters but they're very similar they, they have basically mm. the same costume as well but but like reverse flash is like constantly going back in time and like killing barry's dog and you know pushing barry down the stairs and you know all these yeah. other kind of really horrible little things to like break his confidence and ruin his life without killing him because if he kills him reverse flash doesn't exist so it's kind of like it's that i find that i think i I honestly think the reverse flash is one of the best dc villains out there i think it's just his psychology is really fascinating and that kind of dark side um i fucking love it and it's there's a bit of that in this and and I, i like that i remember you were saying before the thing you were saying you weren't really sure what um you know the guests um end game was like yeah yeah i mean because because of all the things that he was doing i wasn't really sure about i mean you mentioned you mentioned the bar and what he does in the bar mm. and he literally does beat the shit out of these bullies and they're the same age as caleb probably like a little bit older maybe maybe mm. uh caleb luke sorry yeah. um probably like this this you know just a little bit older than luke i think one of them's in the same class isn't he yeah and yeah he, david just beats the absolute shit out of them and then you know, because this bar is serving underage alcohol to these kids, so there's a double victory because he beats these kids up and basically ensures they won't touch Luke again. Mm. And then he, he he turns to the barman and goes, well, you're not going to call the police because, um, you know, if they come, then obviously it would be found out that you're serving the uh, underage, uh, you know, underage beer and yeah. alcohol. And he essentially just buys out like the pub, doesn't he? Like He basically goes, I'll give you some money. Uh, you're not going to mention it, are you? Because if you do, you're fucked as well. Mm. It's like it's a double victory, and you go, yeah, great. He's just he's just put that the, the barman on notice. He's put all these kids on notice. But the flip side of it is that it's absolutely brutal what he does to the to these kids. He doesn't he doesn't just punch them. He literally slams the shit out of them. There's yeah. one of the, like there's the punches that you hear are really you can hear the meat, and then yeah, there's glasses being thrown, everything. They smash the kid across the face. But at the same time, you're like, it's that that seesaw. You go, oh, mm. yay, you fucking yeah. deserve it. But oh, fucking hell, you've literally just broke that kid's collarbone. And he's probably going to be in hospital for a while. And that's that's the beauty of this film, because, it, again, it's that moral ambiguity. But again, yeah. like we were talking about the anti-hero, it's very much the anti-hero, because you're like... Yeah. You're like fuck yeah, you are. Yeah. You people are really awful. You're homophobic. You you fucking disgusting people. Yeah. You're gonna get why. get what you deserve. But then again, like if you saw that in real life, you'd yeah. be like, this is fucking disturbing. You know, yeah. like where it's almost like it's it's challenging you. The film is challenging yeah. you to say, well, how do you feel about this? And what would the, what would you do? And and if yeah. you were in Luke's position, how would you feel? Like because he gets this kind of guardian angel of this friend, like we were saying, like. He literally says, I know you kill people. I know you murder people. I kind of know some of your backstory or what you're trying to do about yeah. like changing his dental records and having plastic surgery because that's the phone call he initially has that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the daughter overhears. But uh, he's like, I don't care because we're friends. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hurt us. 
because we we yeah. we're like your family. You wouldn't hurt us. I don't care who who else you hurt. And that's you, that's why you hurt us. Yeah, you said it before. That's why I was unsure about like, what the end game was because I was like, oh, he's, he's amassing all this this weaponry as well. He gets gets to the point where he amasses all these weapons, and I, I was like, I don't really know where it's going. I don't really know what the objective here is with regards to the family because the ending only happens literally almost by sort of like mistake really doesn't it because hmm. when so like towards the end of the film when um lance reddick's uh, character i think it's carver i think i can't remember when he turns up with all these soldiers it's kind of like you know ill timing dan's um dan keep calling him dan yeah me too me too <laughs> bloody fuck it dan dan steven's reaction is kind yeah. of like oh shit this is a little before i actually wanted and he he, he literally apologizes to the mother as well and says i'm sorry it wasn't supposed to happen like this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but for me, I was like, well, what was the objective? What, what were you planning to do? Were you just going to stay here forever? Mm. When that wouldn't really work for me because of what he's doing to everybody around him. Yeah, He's literally, you see him bribing different corners of the town. He sort of bribes the principal yeah. when the principal says, oh, we're going to, we're going to put your son, we're going to expel your son. And, uh, Dan Stevens sort of calls him out and goes, well, you know, that's kind of a hate crime because you, you're going to expel a, um, uh, a student who was called um, homophobic things. Yeah. You know, you're going to expel a gay, gay student. And the, the, the principal's like, oh, fucking hell, um, yeah. um, just a month's detention. He's like, fine. So, yeah. yeah. And there's other things like that. So, like, the waitress, one of these other waitresses at the bar, he sort of, like, makes a connection with her, kind of just, you know, to get into the family a bit more. But you know, he gets a connection with that waitress and you're like, okay, he's building, he's building roots, you know, he's Mm. putting roots down, you know, and people are looking, going to start looking towards him as sort of like a, like a proto sheriff kind of thing. Yeah. And then it all goes to shit. I mean, he does away with a drug dealer. He does away with a weapons trader, an arms dealer. And you're like, Mm. okay, he's doing good things. But it was that kind of stuff that I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And then it kind of just does away with it. A little bit sort of like they went, oh, fucking mm. hell, we don't really know where it's going to go. Yeah. Just initiate the carnage. We need, Yeah, we need to ramp it up. We need yeah. some, We need something else to happen there. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like that's kind of what happened. They sort of like went, yeah. uh, we're going to get bogged down here if we start mm. allowing things to just and, stagnate. But then you could, you could over- start raising questions. They yeah. just went, right, execute Order 66 <laughs> and just <laughs> allow him to go crazy, which is what happened. Literally yeah. is what happened. I mean, you could get, you could get bogged down in the kind of psychology of it. Cause I, again, I don't oh, think, yeah. it, I don't think it's, it's, it's that type of film for, no. but, but I do, it's not, I do it's not, agree. It's not that kind of deep, it's not that deep of film, but for me, it just, those. I mean, it, it didn't happen as long as I've just explained, but it was like a brief moment when I was watching it going, I'm not really sure where this is going hmm. or where they want it to go. And then, like I said, the carnage happened, and I went, "Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, like maybe maybe he's a bit conflicted anyway, or not sure because yeah, like obviously he's he's you know this is the first place he's gone. Apparent apparently this is the first place he's gone after escaping. Yeah, um, which I find kind of intriguing as well, mm, given yeah. what happens at the end. Hmm. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, we don't know for hundred percent because it it's it's almost like it's almost like more time has passed 
you know, I don't know how far he was away from from Caleb's family and stuff, but mm. I feel like something else must there must be some more story there before maybe he came or you know, and then maybe some story after to tell of, of this film as well, like yeah, some, yeah. somewhere to go with the guest himself potentially. But yeah, I I I do kind of agree with you. It does kind of go, you know, all this, you know, da 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 da, da and then ah, okay, horror action, <laughs> you know, it's like the, it's it's like the Terminator like shootout, isn't it? The police shootout. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of that, a lot of that DNA in it, um, and you know, and and there's that bit of psychology that that Reddick explains um, about him, like. Once his mission is compromised, whatever he decides his mission to be, once it's compromised, he is, you know, it is programmed into him um, yeah. that he must get rid of all loose ends. So that's why he starts killing the family and everyone who knows. And he really just, I, I look, one of the best things about this film that that uh, Dan Stevens does is that every, like all of the, the kind of frustrations or the problems he has, he almost gives like a, oh, for fuck's sake, kind of face to it or like yeah you know, yeah he does yeah he gets shot in the leg he's like oh god again yeah you know that sort of thing i love that because it's just it's just that little injection of humor and these really like massive action sequence or horrific yeah. you know you know even at the, even directly at the end like he's still a bit like it's okay you know spoilers. yeah, yeah. oh that's that's such a, a, a really sort of like horror movie sort of like villain sort of thing isn't it? it's like yeah you did you did the best thing there you're like, oh, is he dead? <laughs> He's like, oh, you did good there, kid. That was good. But, that was really good. But what you were saying, what you were saying about like really sort of funny bits mixed with really horrific bits is when when the carnage initiates. So basically, um, the daughter's phoned in, hasn't she, to this army base, and they've told her that, oh, um, he should be fucking dead. Hmm. But it turns out he wasn't, and we're gonna have to come for him because this guy's a fucking maniac. He's killed people burn the bodies and tried to cover up the fact that he's dead. And she's like, oh, shit. And then this this task force comes, don't they? Probably should have brought more men, really, thinking about it. <laughs> he yeah, said he's that dangerous. They bring, what, six guys? Come on. Yeah, yeah he, he, he vaporizes all of them. They're, they all get massacred, all these highly trained soldiers. They all get massacred. And what is a brilliant shootout. And then he goes into town doesn't he after killing the mother and the father which is oh, I was like oh you fucking killed them yeah. bastard now now you now you don't like him there you don't like yeah him. exactly and then he goes into town and he goes in he's basically trying to find the daughter isn't he find out where the daughter's going and he goes into town he goes into the cafe where she was just at work she literally just left and the waitress that he was kind of sort of like seducing and getting to know he approaches her and goes, well, where, where is she? Where, where is she going? She goes, oh, she just left. I don't know where she's going. He goes, all right, is she going, is she going to get Luke? And she goes, ah, I don't really know. And he goes, you know what, I don't care. And just shoots her, just shoots her point blank in the middle of this restaurant. Like, and it's, it's fucking horrific. Mm. It's like, it's horrific. She's completely like, sort of like, you know, shocked about it, slumps to the ground. And then he walks out and as he walks out, he pops two grenades turns around and it's the most flamboyant throwing of grenades I've ever seen. So like underarms them and does like this little weird flick where he flings his hands up in the air as if to say, fuck you all. Thank you very much for coming. And these grenades just roll into, the, into this middle of the cafe. You just hear all this screaming as he walks out. And yeah, they, whoever's in there, they all fucking die. But it's literally like that snap of like, oh, well, I, I don't care. Shoots her really fucking horrific and then 
not three seconds later, you get this flamboyant grenade throwing that you'd see in a comedy action movie. Yeah. It's literally that sort of like switch, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that callousness that... He's like the ultimate kind of sociopath, isn't he? He doesn't feel emotion. He doesn't have that, you know, there's there's a miswiring in the brain. Yeah. You know, he's just, you know, pretending to be... Like, the, the opening few scenes where he comes and he's like... Caleb wanted me to tell you that he loved you and that he cared yeah. for you and he wanted me to look after you, that sort yeah. of thing. And 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 they're all a bit like, all right, mate, you're a bit weird. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's this sure, friendly, okay. yeah, he's this friendly, overly friendly, oversensitive, you know, and that freaks them out. Yeah. But then when the when it when the, the penny really turns right at the end of the film in comparison, because mm. like if you watch if you watch just like the first 10, 15 minutes, you'd think it was this film was totally completely different. Like you were saying, you yeah, said, yeah. you've seen this film, you've seen the the friendly soldier return from war and tell somebody about yeah. somebody who died. Some, somebody stuff. befriends a family who's not quite right and yeah. a bit mysterious. Turns out all oh, the the, the guest has been dead for 70 years and he's a ghost in this house. It's like the others. You get the yeah. others. You get, yeah. you get the feeling of the others. Oh, God, you know, I, hate you, I hated that. hated that film. You hate that film? Oh, I did not oh, like we should, it. We should watch it. We should okay. watch it. If you want. You know, if, if you want, want it. You can do it. I fucking love it. it. Yeah. Terrified Natalie with it. It was great. I was, great I was experience of my life. I just thought I thought the twist was shite, but I, I only watched I did <laughs> I watched it when it came out, which is what, like 2001? Something oh, like that. you're so. a baby still. Yeah, so maybe I need to watch it again. I need to yeah. give a fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I just like the like if you watch the start of this film and then watch the end, you're not even watching the same film. No, you're, re- yeah. you're really not, and that's that's great because the like it's not like it's not like all oh, the t- tonally it doesn't match or you know it, it's yeah because that- the tone the tone's pretty solid by the way through. It's literally just the changing of the character. Absolutely, the character just, it changes like from you know mysterious kind of stranger to fucking hell he's grenading a cafe yeah he's a he's a he's a sexy man as well dan stevens you know (laughs) if i I was that way inclined this film would make me go yep definitely definitely dan stevens yeah Uh, i I love the trivia on like his physique um mm. so to put it is that basically when they first saw him for this film he was like as thin as christian bale was for the machinist I don't know what film Dan Stevens was doing at the time, but he was he was dead thin. And um, because they wanted him so much for this part, they were like, you're going to have to fucking beef up. And he was like, I will do. I will do. And like, credit to him. He's chiseled as shit in this film, isn't he? Yeah. Absolutely chiseled as anyone. You would, you would not want to fuck with Dan Stevens in this film. Well, you might want to fuck Dan Stevens in this film. <laughs> no, don't want to fuck with Dan Stevens in this film. No, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's not it's not too like it's not too like overbearing either. It, it literally it looks it, it looks like you know how you would expect like you know a, a soldier who's been on active. It's fairly kind of yeah. uh, sinewy, isn't he? Yeah, and it starts off like he says to the mother when he arrives at the house, like I've run here, and she goes, where where what? She goes, I've run from the bus, and you know you don't get the distance, but she goes, you've run all that way. So it's like he's physically fit, and he's physically fit, which you know sells the idea. You know, of this, you know, combat soldier who's just come back and, you know, going to come back into normal life. Um, it really works. And it's not too like, he's not too muscular, like where you're like, no, it's, it's you know. not like, it's not like Henry Cavill or a, you know, a Hugh Jackman, like yeah. super, superhero role. It's just like a, you know, yeah. just a physically, genuinely, excuse me, physically fit guy. Um, and it's believable. And you don't, yeah, think, that's get, the main thing. It's believable. It's a believable yeah. sort of like when you see physique. Him. Yeah. Yeah. When you, it's just believable. 
Yeah. So the main think- thing about this film is like you, you get all this madness at the end, but everything up up and you know up to it is totally believable because it goes goes really into sort of like you know the idea of these medical experiments and everything. You're like fucking hell, where is this come from? But that's why it kind of works because they don't they don't hit you over the head with the idea of these medical experiments. It is left to you to sort of go, ah, it makes sense. Maybe I want to know more, and that's the good thing about it is you leave you leave this film thinking I want to know more, I want to see more. Can we see Absolutely. something else? Yeah, what's, what's what's the guest two going to be like? What's that story? What what can yeah. you tell? Um, but yeah, I, I will say I know we talked about Dan Stevens and his performance uh, in it, which is fantastic. Like we yeah. said, charismatic, cold, you know, sociopathic. There's so many things going on, so many levels. You know the wry smile he has, and the looks, and just the everything. Dan Stevens smile. Yeah, that kind of like, yeah, yeah, that knowing, that knowing grin, because he knows, like, he almost, he almost knows that he's in, like, almost like a horror comedy, almost. Yeah, um, it, it, it's kind of weird, <laughs> but I, I love it. But I have to say, this is one of the best horror films that I've seen. Just the, one of the best acted horror films I've seen. Um, yeah, all, yeah. all across the board. I know. Again, we're like gushing over Dan Stevens, but I think everybody fucking delivers exactly what they need to do when they need to do it um yeah. you know and and again these aren't just like your standard cardboard fucking cut out horror you know yeah, the, the cliche not just a basic helpless sort of like teenage daughter just running up the stairs kind of thing yeah. and she's not um, like this virginial you know this virginial flower or anything like in the slasher movies the would yeah. be she's you know she smokes weed she has sex with a boyfriend you know you know she's, yeah. she's like, not like you said the family itself is like all broken isn't it they're all broken they've all got their own identities they've all got their own troubles that they're going through which is you know what, what helps the film move along you know helps it get to the point where it does uh, I'd like to go uh, talk about one of the things you talked about just before we started recording, which is one of the things that David is implied, quote unquote, David or the guest or Dan Stevens, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> that guy, that one, uh, the main guy um, he, that he does for the dad to enrich the dad's life. Oh, where he like, you're not sure whether he, he kills um, the, da- it, the dad's yeah. boss and yeah. his girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, because it's uh, again, it's just tying into the ambiguity of it, isn't it? Basically, like the dad in this, obviously Leland. Also, he's basically he's, he's got a dog shit job. He's making no money. He's, he basically confesses to to uh, to David that you know he's not he's not amounting to anything. He's worried that his wife thinks less of him. And then later on in the film, you find out that this this guy's boss is you know taking an overdose, and it looks like the, the his boss's partner's taken an overdose as well, or been strangled or something. It's not really kind of sure. And you're left thinking, oh fucking hell, did he do that? Did he do that? Or would he, just, would he, he do that? Would yeah, he do would he do that? Would he go that far? Or is it just wild coincidence? You know, because they say, and this is like, oh, we, it, it didn't seem like that kind of person that that would that's what would happen. But you never know. And they kind of has a, a drink of beer, and you're like, well, yeah, you, you don't really know. You 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 actively see. David kill people in this, like up front. You see him kill the drug dealer, you see him kill the arms dealer and whatever. And call them that because that's what they basically are. There's a bit more to them than that. But you actively see him kill those people. You see him beat the kids up. But beating the kids up is, you know, one thing. Murdering uh, a boss, you know, just to possibly give him a job is kind of like, it's one of them where you go, fucking hell, it's feasible. 
you kind of want it to all fall into that, but they never sort of admit it, do they? Do you think any of them, or the, any of the rest of the family, actually full on no, no, like Luke does, like, and and the daughter? Do you think any the two parents knew or had any inkling that possibly the things that Dan Stevens was doing was actually making their life? better or yeah it's it's, a, it's an interesting part of it isn't it because yeah you actively see them you know they're changing their demeanor almost like the, the dad goes off to work uh, at one point doesn't he? he's got a bit more sort of like after he finds out his boss is dead he's got a bit more sort of like a you know an up and a gump about him uh the mother seems to be when we first see her she's very much sort of like you know slumped away and you know not doing anything reluctant to do anything and then you know, towards the end of the film, she's up and about, she's moving around. It's all very subtle. Hmm. You know, you probably wouldn't, you you almost wouldn't notice it. It's that subtle. So you do get a sense that things are improving for them. I do think the mother kind of, I think she does know something's not right, but she has that photo. And it was interesting for me, the photo, I, I kind of had that weird moment because the mother goes off to cry, doesn't she, when she first meets uh, David. She comes back in the room and David stood by the photo and I was like, like, he's fucking changed that photo. He's done something to that photo. You think? Yeah, well, there was a little thing, but I was like, oh, but she she obviously knows that photo back to front. I was like, oh, there's a little something there. Maybe, you know, it's a little hint that maybe, because he stood right next to her and sort of looking and he goes, this is me. And she goes over and goes, oh shit, it is. So it's like, it's like the seed of doubt. Mm. Like she knows that photo back to front, but does she? Does she know every face in that photo? Or is she just fixated on her son. So there's like there's like little those little things like towards the end when she's like, you know, before before he fucking kills her, which is pretty horrific as well. Yeah, where and you're it, like, she almost goes, oh, I shouldn't have fucking trusted you. I knew something was off. And the same thing, I think the dad initially has that. Who the fuck are you? Don't believe you. And then he listens to everybody else in the family and goes, Fine, let's have a beer. Do you want a beer? No? Okay, we'll have one after then. And I think he's the only one come the end, which is probably the most surprised out of everyone when he gets shot in the car. Because um, that's pretty awful. He's like yeah. head-on collision with David. David does it on purpose. Clyde's him when he's trying to get away from these soldiers. Yeah. And again, and it's, he's it's like... He- it's one of those things where he sees him coming. Is like again, it's like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna have to I'm kill gonna, him now. I'm gonna have to fucking ram him. And yeah. then it's like, it's a little bit sad because like he sort of like comes around a little bit from the crash, and he's like, David, what the fuck? And just blows him away. And it's like, he, he, does he say sorry? No, he says sorry to the mother, doesn't he? I think so. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, I think that's more. That's the telling thing, isn't it? It's like, is it a little? It's not a sorry where it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh well, it, it, there is a little sort of inflection of like. I'm really sorry I had to do this. Yeah. Whereas compared to the waitress when he's like, I don't give a shit, blows her away. There's a little, little, little different to it. There's a thing as well with the waitress is I'm glad, like we do see, we do see the guest do some fucking horrific stuff. Like we said, like just yeah. callously and casually just fucking murder people. And it's nothing really. It kills at least what? Yeah. I think, I can't remember. I, I tried to count who, how many people in the cafe there's at least six people in the cafe minus the waitress, I think. Yeah, probably. He just he just grenades them for no reason. They've got nothing nothing to do with it. They've barely seen him. They barely know what he looks like. Yeah. We've seen him for like a split second, but he goes, nah, I've got to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> when he, like, he's at the Halloween party with the, because the, the daughter goes to a Halloween party and the parents ask him to be a chaperone for the daughter. Uh, and the daughter kind of reluctantly agrees and kind of gets to bond with him over the, you know, the mixtape and stuff like that, CD and what yeah, have yeah. you. Um, but the, at the party, he 
he talks to her friend and gets, and she becomes very, very attracted to him, which I don't, again. He smashes her ex's head against her, <laughs> her picture and she's like, do you want to see the rest of the house? Yeah. Sure. And, and again, like, again, an abusive boyfriend getting his head smashed into all yeah. is a is a good thing, you know? Yeah. So and you know she's very much attracted to to him and and again I don't blame her as I've stated already very yeah. sexy very sexy man um, who wouldn't and, want a broken picture <laughs> you broke my picture of me me doing some weird shit yeah. okay you can now you can go break my picture in the bedroom <laughs> and break so, my picture in the bedroom. I don't know I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh my lord what what I'm glad of is that when he does go to have sex with her, you know, she's like, you're not really into this and stuff. And then he gets a bit more kind of aggressive and gets very into it. But I'm glad that didn't go any further because I think if that did, like if it got too aggressive or violent or potentially a sexual assault, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would kill all the charisma, all the, all that, everything that the, the, the film had built, built up up to then and continues to build throughout the film. Up yeah, to yeah. Now. Kind of would up been, until the ruined. would have been eviscerated. It would have eviscerated yeah. the film. You'd be like, you'd be like, I hate him now. I hate him. I can't get behind his is you know. Yes. Yeah. When when you say when he gets he gets aggressive, it's not like she says. Oh, you, it's almost like you're not getting it up here. And he goes, yeah. I'll get it up. Oh, he sort okay. of flip, flips her over, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because she's on top of him. She flip. He flips her over, and then he's on top of her. Yeah. There's nothing like you know, and strangling her. Nothing, vi- like nothing it's, violent. It's yeah, just it's just like, like so. Changing his, it changing his dynamic in that yeah. thing. he's like okay he's, and he, he's i need very... to make this clear mm. yeah he's almost yeah. like being dominated by her isn't he and he's like mm, mm, i'm not really into this yeah, like it's a bit more passive it's a bit more kind of like just like going yeah. through the motions and then they're like right you you want some sex i'm gonna give you the best yeah. sex you know it's a bit more like that but again it's not it's not violent it's you know it's a bit it's a bit you know mm. playfully aggressive yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know it's it's not not to a point where it's uncomfortable or it's like He's biting her or whipping her or, or hurting her. Yeah, I think he'd give the game away as well. If they did anything like that, it would have given the game away as well as yeah. making like him just completely unlikable. It would have just given the game away. Yeah. About, you know, yeah, we've seen him beat people up, but we've never seen him like he doesn't actively hurt anyone that's innocent at that point. Yeah. Because yeah, I was trying to think like the people he does end up killing at the end, have they got any reason to be killed? And really they don't, you know. It's literally <laughs> just like like you said earlier on, like Reddick says, like, you know. If his mission's compromised, he will cut ties with everything. And he literally does. He just every, everyone that he's come into contact with gets fucking killed hmm. near enough. Yeah. You know, it's that's the way it is. He literally just removes himself from yeah. all knowledge. And I like I like how again he's he's also like, you know, as much as we talked about him, you know, oh well fuck this and do that and do that. You know, he is a mass manipulator. He he creates these situations and like he kills the gun runner, he kills the drug dealer, and he puts it in the boyfriend's the gun in the boyfriend's car. Yeah, which I thought was fucking brilliant. He literally yeah. sets up uh, the daughter's boyfriend, doesn't he? Or ex-boyfriend, current boyfriend, yeah. to be the one that's responsible for killing the the drug dealer and the arms dealer. It's really really sort of like fucking hell. Yeah. How did he's, he do he's, that? He's intelligent. But you know, when it gets to the point where it all starts unraveling, then he just goes right, fucking okay. ape shit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like that that he's he's planned, he's meticulous. He, you know, he's covering things like like the bit where she's kind of looking at his burner phone and getting the numbers, and he calls his own phone because he yeah. knows it's missing and he's suspicious. Um, yeah. And then she runs in, drops in his room, even though he, he totally knows because um, it's <laughs> not it's not a very good 
you know, she's like, she even says, oh, shit, and then runs yeah. into his room and drops it. She's, she's not great. Um, she's actually it's, in... Uh, it's very, very Scooby-Doo-ish. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember them saying that in Scooby-Doo, Andy. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. She's doing like Scooby Doo sleuthing, like. Oh, like, you, oh, you mean when they're, when they're running through all the doors in the corridor and they're all coming out of the different <laughs> doors like that? Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Uh, I was just, I just remembered she's in It Follows, which I still haven't seen, but I've heard is really good. Uh, she, yeah. She's the, she's the lead character in that. Um, speaking of the Flash as well, you were, you used to watch the Flash, didn't you? Before oh, you stopped. Don't back, remind me. Back in the day, Candice Patton. So uh, who plays? Who plays uh, Iris West? Yeah, sorry, she's the operator. Yeah. The, the when the when the daughter phones up saying, oh, "Can you just check this name for me?" She mm. she's the one that basically types it all in, and it comes with a massive warning saying, "Contact command immediately." And she goes, "Oh shit!" She's she's good on the phone because like I'm I'm the same. When shit goes wrong at work, I'm like, "Everything is fine. Don't worry." Yeah. You know. yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> oh fuck i've charged you you know two thousand pounds when i should have charged you one thousand pounds oh good god oh what have i done what have i done i've, I've yeah. killed everyone <laughs> yeah that's that's what i would do at my work just throw grenades everywhere yeah. oh, fu- oh well I, I fuck this job so I've, it's my grenades i feel like that that should be like um a meme or um a, a gif or yeah. something you know, oh god dan stevens lobbing those grenades like Fuck this shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you make a gif, but I. I need. I think we need to do that, or you need to do that. If, I don't. If somebody. If somebody can provide um, a Dan Stevens gif from this film of when he lobs the grenades, we will be eternally grateful, and we will use it every time we go. Fuck this shit. Yeah. That is a. That is a Spider Man and the Secret Balls guarantee, and an Angry Andy guarantee. We will use them as our fundamental. Fuck this shit reactionary gifts yes. thank you very much absolutely create that let us know we will tag you we will thank you because we we want that gift there was like i was we will not big... grenade you in a cafe no absolutely we'll do the opposite we'll 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 give you we'll take grenade... the grenades back yeah we'll give you grenades of love um <laughs> whatever those are uh <laughs> take my baubles my 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 oh i'm gonna release my grenades. it's still halloween take my pumpkins of grenade yeah. love Speaking of uh, speaking of pumpkins, so a lot of the the inspirations are really worn on the sleeve, I think, for this film, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, no, for example, not, not, the you say it, it's like it's, it's worn the sleeve, but it's ne- it never really sort of over encompasses anything, does it? Oh no, no, no! It doesn't. T- it doesn't yeah. take away from the originality of the film, and yeah. I think that, I think that's good. And I again, you can feel the Terminator aspects, you can feel the Halloween aspects, yeah. and you can feel the drive aspects, especially in the soundtrack. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Soundtrack is very drive. Um, and I can I can see a little bit of that in Dan Stevens' performance and the way it's shot. Mm. Um uh, and there was a bit of the sh- I got a bit of the shining as well that you'll like from this when you know where he, they come back from the party, she goes to the room, makes the mixed tape CD, and then he's just in the bedroom, just fucking staring at the camera, not sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a real Jack Nicholson vibe from that. Um yes. but apparently Halloween three is what have you seen Halloween three? I haven't. No, Ooh. I haven't. That but might, that might the, be one. The trivia, the trivia read through that I found, it does mention it, which I found quite intriguing. I think I mean it's written by Carpenter, so you might like it. Um, mm. I think there's something about it. So maybe maybe next Halloween or something we could discuss, or we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. It's definitely an underrated film for me. I, I really enjoy it. I think it's it's something very different, but it's it's very it's a very Halloween film, probably the most Halloween of Halloween films you could find. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, um, so yeah, that that influenced the soundtrack. Drive influenced the soundtrack. Uh, Halloween three. If you look in at the finale when they're in the Halloween maze, if you see the three, there's three masks um, on in the decorations. There's a witch, a pumpkin, and a skeleton. Those are exactly the designs of the silver shamrock masks. Again, you'll have no reference for this, but yeah, no, yeah, the silver shamrock mask in Halloween three. That is what. They, they're it's the exactly the same it's like it's not even Ooh. disguised they're literally the same designs which i thought was pretty cool but yeah there, there's a few other things like that as well i think we talked about this before recording or maybe at the start i'm not sure but yeah the the direct some of the director's previous stuff appears in this film some of the masks from um um one of his other films oh, i can't remember which one it is you're you're next you're next yeah that that's what one of the masks in that appears in this in the halloween party that they go to and the um, the organization KPG, which is mentioned in Your Next and VHS as well. Don't know whether it's the first one or the second one, but that's mentioned in passing. So there's little sort of like connected tissues between also, his other films as well. Also in the ha- Halloween maze, at one point there is Your Next written in blood on the wall yeah. in the yeah. exact in the exact same way in the exact same font. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really cool. It's a it's yeah. a uni- universe, so your next diverse, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I like that. It's, it's identity, isn't it? It's, it's mm. identity, which you know you don't don't have in Godzilla versus Kong, which is the director's same thing. You know, you have these these interconnected sort of identities. I like that. It sort of like gives you gives you the idea of a connected sort of universe without it being connected. You know, it's just influences and, yeah. you know, references like, oh, this was great in my other film. Let's just put a little nugget in there for our fans, you know, or we use this organisation, the same name. It's a little nugget for our fans yeah. who are sort of like looking into the in-depthness, you know, yeah. you know, some of the underlying themes of the film. You get that a lot. Nice little reward, nice little reward, like those connections to the Halloween to Halloween three. Like you said, I, I don't I don't understand that reference, but you know, knowing that it's there, it's like, oh fucking hell, that's you know, that's something, you know, maybe this is Scream maybe did ha- back in the day. Scream did that yeah. with the Halloween franchise, you know. Oh yeah, well it's it's chock full of references. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's almost like it's almost like a generational thing, isn't it? It's like oh, you know, these these are what other films did in the past, you know, they shared their influences, their their ideas, you know, where their thoughts came from. I I'm gonna do the same. You know, I want to I want to showcase that, and it's really good. It sort of like adds to the experience, doesn't it? You find these little nuggets of things, you see little things in the background. I'm sure I read that there's one of them that's like um, something else in the background as well. I can't remember what it was, like a, a figure or something. I can't remember what it is. I, f- I found it. Before. Oh, is that the uh, is that the Halloween Six Witch or something? That yeah, something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's just like it's only probably briefly in there. I think I briefly saw it, but without you know, I didn't have any context for it. But it's that little you know, for somebody who does have the context, you go, "Oh shit!" Mm. You know, the director really liked that film. There's where his influences lie. I like that. I like that stuff. Yeah. If it's not too overbearing, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you see that with a lot of directors like Robert Rodriguez or Quentin Tarantino or Kevin oh, Smith. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, there's always a little nugget or something that kind of yeah. links them together, be it a character or a restaurant or a fucking, you know, there's some not character. about Bruce Lee in um, Once Upon a Time in... Uh... <laughs> no, I'm not on about that. I'm on about like... Oh, good God, yeah. that yeah. was a mistake. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm just, I'm steering clear, steering clear of that particular controversy. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> the guest. The guest. 2014's The Guest is what we're talking about. Not um, briefly. Yeah. Did, did you feel like, I know we talk about this sometimes with these theme months and the kind of the Halloween theming and the Christmas theming and stuff. Did you did you feel like this was a Halloween film? Yeah, more so towards the end, I think, mm. when things started to get, you know, a bit more crazy. I think I, I felt it was kind of like a bit superfluous. Hmm. Sort yeah. of the first half of the film. It was there. Clearly obvious it was there, but obviously then you get the Halloween party. It almost feels um, like the week leading up to Halloween, I think. Like you can yeah, see yeah, that yeah. the decorations become more frequent, the theming yeah. becomes more frequent. I think, like you said, that the they're setting up the party for like the next day. So I take yeah. I guess it's technically not Halloween just yet in it, but it's yeah. all it's really throughout and kind of littered throughout, you know. The, yeah, because you, you get the finale of the film, which is set in that sort of in that, that crazy sort of uh, maze thing at the end, isn't it? And where they've just set it up and everything. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've talked about it, but I think that sequence is fucking great as well. Yeah, really, really good. Like, the actual finale, sort of, like, you know, final girl kind of situation. It's really, really good. And they don't they don't even do the final girl thing, which I, I thought was, was pretty good. It's literally just, like, three of them. Well, four of them, because the poor... I forgot about the poor teacher. <laughs> fucking hell, Jesus Christ. You're poor interrupting teacher. detention. <laughs> yeah, you're interrupting detention. Well, you're going to get killed, aren't you? And he does. And I was like, oh, the poor guy. <laughs> He's literally still holding his clipboard with his throat cut. Like, oh. <laughs> like, that, that's a lot of blood as well. There was a lot of blood yeah. pouring out of that guy. He's still, he still just holding the clipboard. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I did chuckle a little bit. I was like, because you hear him go, oh, and then he walks out clutching this detention board and there's just pissing blood everywhere. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, you, like what's great is you had that massive shootout, which is amazing, really well shot, like yeah. brutal yeah. as well, um, funny as well. You know, it's got yeah, all these elements. intentionally funny, isn't it? Like, <laughs> a shootout. Loved it. We'll come back to it. But yeah, the finale is just superb isn't it it's like it brings it all back down into sort of like a really enclosed horror situation because it's like reflecting mirrors and and shit and yeah and there's like, other there's things that jump out at you the door yeah. the like there's a door or wall that moves yeah and it's, it's not just like a, a dead simple maze when they walk into it like how the fuck do we get out of this thing and the teacher goes well you turn left right left again left round uh go straight turn left left again go right and then you're fine and they're all like great thanks <laughs> how big how big is that fucking high school hall yeah they can do I, did that. That. I was like I did, I did think i was like oh god this is like fast and furious with the 27 mile long bloody airfield <laughs> trying to get the plane off how, how big is this maze in this school hall <laughs> but again i forget that it's fine that's a that's a small that's a niggly thing yeah. that we don't need to think about <laughs> that, that's a that's a small nugget of frustration yeah but um but i think that's like it takes again it takes that influence back to that kind of slasher halloween yeah. Yeah, because you've had the you've had the gunfight you've had all that and now it's just like this guy is unstoppable he's coming for you you know you've yeah. not got a fucking chance uh yeah. even even with the guy with the gun and and the teacher with the clipboard um <laughs> you know his only weapon uh <laughs> yeah, um, it, it goes deadly serious doesn't it that the hmm. final bit is is very he's like deadly serious up until like the final sort of like you know he's fucking dead kind of thing mm. um it's it's very sort of like fucking hell he's strangling the daughter and everything and you're like fuck what's gonna where, where's it going and it's just it's, it's really really brutal which is which juxtaposes you know the gunfight perfectly because the gunfight is almost treated like um you know like almost like a clowning thing 
you've got all these, you've got all these these much more muscular soldiers bursting through these windows, and he's just like Dan Stevens just hiding under a bed. Fucking tickled me. Shoots a guy in the foot. The guy falls over. Goes, oh fucking hell! Looks down. Obviously, Dan Stevens under the bed, and the guy goes, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" and blows his head off. Oh my god! I was in I was in stitches. Mm. Absolute I, stitches. But then, so- like like I said, going towards the, the the finale, it's it changes that tone. It goes fucking serious. Like you know, he's fighting for his life. This is it. They're fighting for their lives. There's no more fun anymore even though the parents are dead and everything like it all comes, all comes down to us, the, the kids, uh, Dan Stevens and Lance Reddick. And it's, it's, it's really, really heavy, isn't it? At the ending. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of hardcore. And, and again, just right at the end, it does inject a bit more humor in. Yeah. Um, and then the, the and final, then... the final, the final flick. Yeah. Um, so you get, they, they managed to stop Dan Stevens' character. They managed to, um, I think they, they stab him in the chest, don't they? Well, yeah. she first, she first, uh, the daughter first stabs him in the leg, I think it is, or something. Oh, no, she shoots him. She finds, oh, uh, yeah, she shoots, yeah. yeah. She finds his gun because for some reason, uh, Dan Stevens is like, right, just leave the gun here for, for no particular reason. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, I was like, like, I was like, yeah, it seems a bit odd that you would just leave a loaded yeah. gun just on the floor. Yeah, because she- poor, poor Lance Reddick gets killed, doesn't he? And he's the one with the gun. And, yeah. Uh, the gun is just left there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, again, it kind of screams to me like a, a little bit of Halloween where, you know, she's constantly dropping the knife or the weapon. She's like, oh, I dropped it again, dropped it again. Yeah, and you're like, if I could just pick that up, he'd kill everyone. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but that was that was one thing that kind of bothered me a little bit. But I, I get yeah. you've you got to give a, a, you've got to give them an edge. So I think that was their edge really to kind yeah. of... And I love the bit where he he gets shot, he falls down, and there's like this layer of smoke on the floor. Yeah, it's very it's very horror filmy, isn't it? Mm. Like he he falls he falls down into this layer of smoke, and she like sort of like goes over and find finds what she thinks is his body, and then the smoke clears. It's just a pair of boots, and you're like, fucking hell, he's, he's fucking coming. vanished. He's coming. That was very ghost facey that way. It's like, you know, they literally stabbed him two seconds before, turned around, and he's completely gone. And he's just left a bit of costume or something. Yeah, just like a mask or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then Luke finally stabs him. Um, Again, we probably should have said we were going to go into full spoilers before we started, so sorry. Oh, yeah, I mean... Too too late, too late. If you you know this show, you know we pretty much go whole hog into spoilers, so if you haven't seen it... It's your own damn fault. But still um, watch it anyway, because it's still yeah. really, really fucking... We haven't really sort of, like, gotten yeah. in too much depth about what happens in the middle portion of the film. No. It's, it's really, really worth it. Yeah, the whole the whole film is is so well done. I think it's it's one of the one of the best horror films I've seen in in the last few years. Like, yeah, yeah. easily, um, it's just so well done. One of the most fun, anyway. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, I, you know, it's great as a slasher film. It's great as an action film. It's great as a thriller. It's great mm. as a you know. Whatever you want it to be, it, it kind of it, again, it, but it doesn't lose any of those previous elements when it changes. You know, yeah. e- even when it goes fucking mental, it's still good, and you're still invested because you've had all that build up yeah. and and that slow, real, you know. And but even just again, just the scenes where like Dan Stevens and the characters are talking are fucking great. Like really, yeah. just top quality acting. Again, the budget for this was only five million. Like five yeah. million, and it didn't make its budget back. Made made fuck all in it, which is a real made, shame. It's a real shame. It is certified fresh, like ninety one percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think it should be because it's fucking excellent. Yeah. Um, 
but you know it's just it's an absolute ride and i think you'd be i think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who watches this and doesn't enjoy it on some level yeah yeah um be it just performances, be it the action, be it the the horror elements, the thriller elements, you know, there is definitely something here for for everybody at some point. If you know, mm-hmm. if you don't like horror violence, you know, or you know, you, this is probably not the one for you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you don't like horror violence, why are you even watching horror movies at all? <laughs> good, good fucking point, Andy. Um, tell them to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just just fantastic, and and I'm glad I'm glad we we covered it because I thought you know I thought it's is is there that, anything that knowing ending I I love oh sorry that yeah knowing, we that knowing ending yeah we didn't, we, even talk, we didn't even talk about that you go uh, ahead you talk yeah that, that that knowing ending like after everything's happened the fire the fire brigade have come and everything the police are all like surrounding everything and it's like oh he's dead you know they're going in it's like every, start like, there's a fire going on and whatever at this school. And they go in, the, the kids are sat on this um, ambulance, you know, typical typical horror movie kind of ending. The kids are sat in an ambulance and the son's got, sort of like got his head down or whatever. And she sort of like looks up and there's a fireman limping out of the um, of the building. Mm. And uh, she sort of like s- stares and you, you see him turn. And as he turns, you just see Dan Stevens' face in this ma- underneath this mask. It's not even like you know, like a hint. It's literally just he's just stood there. He's just under the under the mask, and he does like that, does that wonderful wry smile, and it cuts back to the daughter, and she just goes, "What the shit?" <laughs> End credits. <laughs> Fucking loved it. I laughed my ass off at that ending. Perfect ending. Like, oh, yeah, the film is so fucking violent towards the end. Like everybody dies. Some people don't deserve to die. You know, yeah. loads of people get unnecessarily killed. But it's the the wry sort of like, what the shit kind of ending, which is literally what you think you know, throughout the the last sort of quarter of this film. You go, what the shit? If you listen, if you listen carefully, you can hear the. I believe it's the the fire team saying, "We found two bodies, like badly burnt, and yep. what and one one of the bodies doesn't have any teeth. So what he's doing there." Because he's a clever, he's a clever bastard. He's knocking the teeth out so they don't have dental records. So again, much like, much like, so I don't think we mentioned this at the start, but he, the whole kind of team that got this uh, treatment, this you know special kind of uh, experiment done on them, he he killed them all in this hospital fire and yeah. t- and took over the role of David, even though he was confirmed as dead. And that was going back to that conversation he was having with the plastic surgeon and the dentist, yeah. saying that he wants to get his, his dental records changed. He wants to get plastic surgery. So it's yeah. that much harder to find. Um, yeah. It's a nice little closed loop sort of hmm. story piece of storytelling, isn't it? You get like you get that information about what happened before the film and you get it hmm. right at the end as well. Again, it's not like, it's just kind of like, it's a shame that nothing sort of happened with regards a potential sequel for this film or anything, you know, you could have had the same situation, you know, mm. you know, he goes to somewhere else or does something similar, you know, a different actor or something. I don't, I don't know how they would do it because you wouldn't really want to recast Dan Stevens here either, but then again, it wouldn't work. It was just Dan Stevens causing chaos somewhere else. Yeah. So, Maybe if, if I'd love to see it kind of like, you know, like Yojimbo where it's like, He's playing off like two gangs off each other or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that, or a you know a you know bloody fistful of dollars or whatever, whatever version of that story. Yeah, like Last yeah. Man Standing or whatever the fuck. Um, just like maybe him just manipulating both of them. 
and then eventually just fucking like massacres them all or something, yeah. you know, um, you know, or, or something like that. Or he tries to enrich a different, you know, a different family and their their life, or a different one of these soldiers. You know, he go he does the same thing, but with another one of the soldiers from the experiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a very different family or a very different, you know, um, circumstances or something, yeah. or you know, uh, maybe they're a really military family. Like or something like that, really got a lot of military history and pride and stuff. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. I, 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 I kind, I do want a sequel or a prequel or something because I just, mm. I feel like, like you said, Andy, it leaves you wanting more. And I, I, yeah. do, I could do with some more. I don't necessarily need the backstory. I think we'll go, no. over that. we'll go over that in a sec. Um, but I, I'd love to see Dan Stevens do this again because it's just fucking great character, great acting. Just great all round. Um, again, yeah. if you haven't seen this, go out and watch it. it. Is you know, I think it's a it's a Halloween it's a Halloween treat, and not a Halloween treat. Yeah, if you want to see like a horror film version of Commando, it's absolutely fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's towards the end. I was like, it's fucking gone crazy. He's just killing yeah. everyone. Like I mean, that, yeah, and again, that's got a, that's got a sense of humor as well. Like, yeah. especially, especially at the end, where he's just like massacring a small Latin country. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the gen- complete genocide of all these oh, mi- literally does military well. people. Um, but yeah, before we finish, so I'm just going to briefly talk about what the proposed uh, or what the actual backstory is for quote unquote David Dan Stevens the guest. Um, Good. So very briefly. Um, so apparently it involved um, Dan Stevens' character coming back from combat uh, with a spinal injury, and there was an experiment that said it could uh, basically make him not feel pain anymore because he was in so much pain because of this injury. The experiments worked a little too well because he no longer felt pain, but he also no longer felt anything whatsoever. He didn't feel empathy, guilt, remorse you know all these kind of mm. human things so that that's the kind of sociopathic thing yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about it also allowed him to mentally con- so he could control his kind of pain receptors and turn them off basically but he could also regulate his own adrenaline levels mentally okay um i'm glad they cut it out yeah it makes him a bit so, so like too, too supernatural cute. yeah yeah it's almost, it's almost supernatural. It's almost going into the realms of um, unbreakable kind of, you know, yeah. split and glass, you know, getting yeah. a bit too, like, you know. Urgh. Like, you know? I, I think it would have been fine for me if it was just that, you know, he is a super soldier. He's the best yeah. of, of you know, not not like Captain America levels where he can, like, you yeah. know, fucking jump out of a building. You, you do get a little flex of it, don't you? He does say, he does say like, oh, well, I, I had a back injury, which is why I was in the, the, the military hospital. Mm. And you do get, like, little flex of, like, you know, when he gets he, he gets a hit in the leg, doesn't he? So, look, like you said, he looks at his leg and goes, oh, it's like the inconvenience of bleeding, not so not necessarily the pain, just the inconvenience yeah. of bleeding. But yeah, it's like oh, here yeah. we go again. Apparently, yeah. apparently as well is that when uh, Carver says he was the perfect candidate, mm. what what he actually meant there is because his empathy levels rated the highest out of all the candidates. So he was he was actually the most emotional and caring. Yeah. And then after the experiment, it's the fucking opposite of that. He is yeah. the complete opposite of who he was. So it 
totally that experiment totally changed him. Not the war, not like we said, not the PTSD, not all that stuff. Yeah, it's literally the experiment that fucks him up. The experiment has fucked him, and which may, it, it does leave you a bit sort of like intrigued as to like, well, if he was the best candidate, the one that could you know successfully handle it, what happened to the, all the other ones before mm. he fucking killed them? Yeah. You know, did they just go completely fucking insane? You know, again, it adds, yeah, if they add it in, it would be sort of like, well, you get another sort of marker of like, you know, how you almost do sort of buy into him, like how you do agree with what he's doing, because he is the only one that could handle it. Hmm. You know, yeah, okay, he's a bit of a fucking maniac as a result, but the other guys, they were much worse. Hmm. It's sort of like, it's sort of were- like um, oh, Baron Zemo in Civil War, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I kill all these super soldiers because they're much worse than what I am. And I'm blaming you guys because, you know, if you were to come in guns blazing, you'd fuck everything up. It's much worse than, you know, what I am. I'm doing you a favour. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, well, he was like, he was like uh, what did he say? It was like super soldiers are one step, uh, you know, away from complete fascist or something, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of a super soldier and he's like, fair enough. And, and again, like I think that's again, I think Zemo is a really charming character, really charming, yeah. charismatic villain, and arguably one of the best things of that Falcon with Soldier miniseries. And I'm so glad he came back. I know a lot of a lot of people had I think had a kind of issue with him in in Civil War, but I really liked him in that. I got no, I thought he was it. Great. I thought he was great anyway. Yeah, but I think the only issue you have is if you don't listen to the film, you yeah. know, <laughs> quite honestly, throw it out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, pay attention. But yeah, again, I love I love a charismatic villain. I love a villain yeah. that makes me question whether they're villainous or not. Or exactly, or and that's why yeah, the backstory might have been a bit too much, but mm. a little flavor of it, which we do get in this, yeah, yeah, does kind of add to that that morality question. Like, <laughs> I do actually fucking like this guy. Just he's just stabbed the mum in the heart twice. And the, and and the, the thing is, as well, him. and the thing is, as well, because this wasn't on film, it it doesn't stop them from changing it. It could be completely different. Yeah. Like this is just yeah. this is just an an idea or kind of stuff they deleted. You know, it's not canon mm-hmm. or or in continuity. They could do a totally fucking different origin because it is that ambiguous. Yeah. You know, they could they could you know give him different powers, different this, different that. Um, mm-hmm. it, apparently, one of the original drafts, he actually was a cyborg, not unlike the Terminator. But I'm again, I'm kind of glad they didn't go with that as well. Yeah, that'd have been a bit too on the fucking nose, wouldn't it? Yeah. You need you know, the great thing about this film is that you do have that grounded sort of like, you know, like we said, he is just a guy. He's not he's not the most muscular built of the soldiers hmm. that eventually come to capture him. He's just got a bit more about him. He just knows exactly what to do, how to hide, how to, you know, you know, trap people and then how to kill people. So it, it pays that he's not you know, fucking cyborg, because as soon as you find out he's a cyborg, you lose all semblance of humanity for him, you know, uh, you know, like and, in the first Terminator. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And, and I mean, like, like even Arnie, you know, he's charismatic in that, in the, in the Terminator. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason why he became such a star, even while playing a robot, you know, he, he brought something to it. And, and Terminator was, was inspired by Halloween directly as well, like villain wise, yeah. you know, so it all it's all connected, really. It all kind of comes together. And um, but yeah, this is definitely 
again, like you said, the the references do not overtake or take away from this film's originality, from its fun, from its characters. Um, but it just gives that, like you said, a little flavor, a little flick of uh, of those kind of things. is is a nice little kind of nod and reference to to what's come before. And again, it's quality stuff. And again, it's not like it's not like we're going to try and do that, but not but fail. They actually yeah. they succeed, you know, drastically succeed in giving you something brand new that you love and that does again draw from those inspirations you already love and that are well loved throughout the horror or you know action community what have you yeah absolutely and and that's that's what it does but this is a truly truly excellent film in my opinion um definitely like a a full star for me at least uh minimum oh yeah 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 absolutely it's i recommend it even we do even though we did go into spoiler territory i still recommend it it's just, just for the performances alone. If you're like, oh well, you just spoil everything. Just watch it for that performance, then just yeah. get it down you because he's fucking great in it. Yeah, just needs just, more Dan Stevens. Give absolutely, me more. give like give it. He deserves all the roles. Give it, you know, he deserves all the opportunities. Um, he's just fantastic, and it's well worth just just viewing it and just giving it a watch. Again, we yeah, we spoiled it a little bit in in some ways, but. But I, I, I think there's still a lot there, even though, like we said, it's an A to B plot. I think there's a lot to, to kind of to get out of it, even if you've seen it. Like I, this is the second time I've ever seen it, and I got so much more uh, out of it than I did from the first viewing, and I loved my first viewing of it. So, yeah. revisiting it has been an absolute joy. I'm really glad I got that, got to introduce you to it, and that you loved it as well. Yeah, um, thank you very much for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I know your taste, Andy. So I, th- I thought, um, I thought, you know, I've, I've shown you enough shit. So I thought I'd show you <laughs> something, something good as well every now and again. Um, so yeah, uh, but this has been really, really fun. And uh, yeah, well, I, I hope you're going to have a happy Halloween. Um, um, I'm going to have a scream of a Halloween. <laughs> oh, spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. That'll be uh, that'll be good. I need to. Uh, I need to watch Scream Four. I never watched Scream Four, so I think I'm going to do that soon. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, I can't even really remember Scream. Wait, no, do I remember Scream Three? Yeah, I do remember Scream Three. Yeah, yep. yeah. I remember them all. I remember them all. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, that's. I think that's a good place to end it. I think uh, fabulous. We we can't really talk much more about it, really. I think we've gone in quite in depth in, like we said, a very yeah. a, a to B plot, but a very excellent film and done very excellently. Um, but yes, um, where can the people find you uh, in your old social medias and your channel and all this? Oh well, you can find me at uh, Angry Andy Reviews on the old YouTube. Cover mainly movie reviews. Do some collectibles as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andy underscore review. And you can also find me on um, Instagram as well. But I can't remember what my thing is. So Don't worry. I'll, t- I'll tag on. you. I'll tag you. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you, I know I know what it is, or I know yeah. I can find it. It's a, it's like a number one one six two. Yeah, it's something daft like that. Uh, angry that. underscore Andy one one three eight. That's it. Oh, I was close. I was close. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, it's really good. I lo- I'm loving your stuff. We recently did uh, Star Crash. Uh, yes, we did. Which was a lot of fun. I think a lot of other people uh, uh, enjoyed it. Or <laughs> uh, maybe that's a strong that's a strong word. Maybe for enjoy. I think we've ruined a lot of people's summer holidays by making them watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that that was a really fun discussion though i really enjoyed uh doing the tandem and, and i'm sure mm-hmm. we've got uh we've got turkish star wars coming up again oh, but, uh, 
God, we do. Maybe before this is out, who knows? We'll yeah, find it, out. It, yeah, I think it will have been out by then. But you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Things happen. Things happen. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a couple of weird years. So uh, anything it certainly happen. has. But yes. Um, so you can find me at Secret Balls on Twitter. You can find me on. Uh, sorry, no, that's wrong. That's you can find me on Facebook. <laughs> start again. Start again. Delete it. Ruined. Cut. Cut. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Secret Balls. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore balls and on Instagram at Spider Dan Secret Balls. And don't forget that to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. And for everything else you need to know about the podcast, swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com on the World Wide Web, where you can also find links to Andy's uh, YouTube, uh, where I have been a guest, uh, specifically those ones. Um, but you can find the other videos from him there as well. Uh, they're all good shit, all brilliant. Lots of uh, lots of angry takes or positive takes. Nothing yes. middle, nothing middle of the road for Andy, and and no. me me neither. I'm very much the same. If it's a middle of the road film, what's the point? What is the point? <laughs> but yes, uh, so I'd like to thank my Patreons. Uh, so my patrons on Patreon. So I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Tony Farina, Scott Hodgson, and my newest patron, Simon Cotton. So thank you very much for coming aboard, Simon. You are one of my oldest friends. So I truly do appreciate that you binged every single one of my episodes and then was like, where can I get more of this content? And I'm I'm here. I'm, it's coming. It's a coming. Um, like a top geezer. He is, a t- he is an absolute diamond geezer. So, uh, but yeah, you know, fair play to anybody that listens to all of them. I, I don't even think I've listened to all of them. So that says something. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, technically I have. I've edited them all, but uh, maybe not Maybe not two or three times. But Yeah, I don't think I've watched, I barely watch any of my stuff. I really kind of just do it and throw it out. Yeah, it's fine. For all I know, it could all be absolute shite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, do, I do sometimes just check for the audio quality and just to make sure there's no, like... Like I've I've had I've had times where they're not fully uploaded or they're missing stuff and I'm like what happened here you know um, but if there, if there is any podcasts that are faulty in any way let me know and I can bloody change it um, hopefully I can change it it might be too late now. <laughs> yeah it's, I've well, ruined it when something's wrong with mine it's just case of yeah it's not working the audio's gone they go well it's fucked then isn't it because <laughs> I, I accidentally deleted all the files associated with it great. <laughs> well, well, you, you know what you need to do. You need to keep your recycle bin. I know you don't I like know, your. Re- I, I know. know. You, I know you don't like your recycle bin, but that's probably what it's there for. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I know you hate it, but it's there. That's why. Anyway, oh. I, I, you know, I've done the same. I've, I've had similar situations. Uh, but yes, can thank you, patrons, for uh, your continuing donation. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. Uh, and if you find yourself in a position to help the podcast, please consider it um i want to wish you all a happy halloween uh we do have one more podcast left of shock phobia fest good and uh, it's going to be on a blood red full moon because it's going to be me and dennis talking werewolf by night oh and i'll see you later uh take care all you crazy crazy werewolves you hairy <laughs> Hairy bastards. Thank you very much for listening. This has been great. Thank you, Andy, for joining me today. Oh, no, thank you. You hairy son of a gun yourself. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.